We're still on our series on the Christian family. Now, we said that the first thing is that the Word of God for any Christian family or relationship, the Word of God must be first place and final authority in that relationship. They must be born again. That's not more, but we're talking about Christian relationships. So the beginning of that is that people must be saved. Amen? You can't try to live the human the Christian life without being a new creature, it will not work. Without being regenerated, you cannot live the Christian life. What you have is religion. Hallelujah. And it will wear you out after a while. And even when you get saved, you cannot consistently live the Christian life with power. Amen. Overcoming power without the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Second is that it should be our relationship should be Christ-centered and kingdom advancement-minded or driven because all of us have one assignment. We were not given assignments to come into the world and be engineers. It's good to be engineers, praise God, but that's a side show. It's a side show. Your main purpose after you get saved is to bring others to Christ. If you're an engineer, you're supposed to use it as a platform to bring people to Christ. If you're a pilot, it's supposed to be a platform to bring people to Christ. Now, number three is that love, you should love one another. Praise God, especially the husband. The Bible commands him to love his wife. Hallelujah. And we said that it is not required in a marriage situation in the kingdom of God for you to fall in love before you marry but you must love whom you marry. Hallelujah. You must love whom you marry. So there's no such thing as that I fell out of love, therefore I need to divorce the person. I don't love her anymore. I don't love him anymore. No, there's no such thing in the kingdom of God. Remember, we live by faith. So husbands must love their wives. You're commanded to love your wife. Amen. And the wives are also commanded to love their husbands and their children. So love has to be deliberate, intentionally directed toward the object of love. In this case, your spouse, your family, the one who you're engaged to be married to, amen? You're supposed to treat them well, amen? Number four is that we must be willing to acknowledge and ask for forgiveness when we are wrong. When a believer is wrong, that believer is godly enough to say, I'm sorry. Number five was, is that we said that it, we, it, it says that we should be reasonable, be humble, be mutually submitted to one another in the fear of the Lord, which is that we should be submitted to the word of God. Mutual submission does not mean, you know, like we do, you know, it doesn't mean I bow, then you bow to me, then we're bowing to each other and then we're doing, you know, no, I not what he's talking about. He's saying if one person has something that they're doing and maybe a younger person comes forward and, and comes to you and says, uh, brother, that thing you did is not right. This is what the word of God has to say about it. And when you notice that it is in the word, you humble yourself to the word of God. That submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord is actually showing submission or being submitted to the word of God. 
the next day. The Christian family should identify with a local identify a local assembly of believers where they will be fellowshipping regularly and be submitted to spiritual authority. Hallelujah. As ordained by the Lord. Glory be to God. We should not forsake the gathering of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Hallelujah. Number seven, the wife must understand that the husband is not superior, but in authority. She should accord him respect, obey him, adapting herself to him, deferring to him and submitting to him according to the word of the Lord. Amen. This is not a sign of inferiority, but is, but is ordained of God for the sake of order, decency, and, an, and order. Why do I say order? So that there be no confusion. When you, when you have more than one leader over a place, that's a problem. The husband should seek to honor his wife. Hallelujah. Though she is submitted to you, you should seek to honor her, treat her with respect. Acknowledge that she is of the same class of being as yourself. And both of you are, are co-heirs of the grace of God. And knowing that in the kingdom of God, there is neither male nor female. Number nine, children should obey and honor their parents. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. We did say that here he's talking about spiritual authority, but it was drawn from somewhere. Praise the Lord. He's talking about spiritual authority here, but the apostle, in sharing the word of God here, says something that is vital. That where did we infer this from? Verse 2. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Hallelujah. Glory be to God, that you may live long upon the earth. Praise the Lord Jesus. And so God expects that in the family setting that you would honor your parents, you would respect them, you will obey them. When you are living under the roof, you have to obey your parents. Hallelujah. If you're 46 and you're still with your parents, or 50, you're still with your parents, you have to obey them. I, I, I say this, the authority that God set in the house of God and in his kingdom help us. Nothing he says is against us. It's for us. Amen. To keep us safe. When we obey him, we release his power. Whenever you are in the place that God asked you to be, that's the best and the safest place to be. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You're doing God's word. When you're doing it, wow, you'll be blessed. Look at Solomon. Half of the wisdom that Solomon had, David gave him. He said, the wisdom that my father taught me. Hallelujah. And so, he says you should listen to their counsel. Especially godly parents. Amen. Hallelujah. Number 10. Train your children. Train 
your children. Train them in manners, how to be polite, how not to be rude. Train your children. Don't say this is how the children of these days are. No, you are different. And your children should be different. We are not of this world. Though we live in the world, we are not of this world. Train your children in the things of God. Natural things, train them. You have daughters, teach them to cook. Teach your young men how to be responsible and take care of their own families. How not to get up and just, you know, because if you watch your child and your child is always giving up before something happens, they give up. Before something happens, take it out of their lives. Take care of them. Giving them an example for how to behave. Train your children. Train them to fear God. To have respect for the things of God. When, when they say that they don't want to go to church, compel them to go. Compel them. Compel them to serve God. Genesis chapter 18, verse 17. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. He said, for I know him. Wow, what a word. I know him. You know what it means for God to talk about you like that? He said, I know him. I know her. He says, I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. I know him. That's God is saying, I trust him. I know that he will command his family after me. Teach them diligently unto your children the ways of God. Teach them manners. Teach them how to dress up. When your child is leaving your home, Look at what they're wearing and say something. Now they may not listen, but say something. As families, have Bible studies in your home. And I encourage your children to ask you questions. Let them say what they're carrying. Because if they don't bring out what is inside them, you will not know what they're carrying until it becomes too late. As they're talking, you're writing it down. In your private prayer time, you go to God with it if you don't have an answer. And as you're studying, God will give you an answer. And then you go back to them. Or you do research among Christians. Ask other believers that have gone past where you are presently and let them guide you and say something that is helpful. Then you follow it. What is happening? You're bringing them to a thought process that is in line with what you know to be true from the Lord. Number 11, handle your extended family in sincerity and in truth and in the love of God. Remember that your, sibling, your wife or your husband has siblings and they have family and they grew up with these people. And your mother-in-law was once the mother of this person you're married to. Treat them with love and with respect. 
Treat them as though you would treat your own mom and your own dad. Respect them like that. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, in verse 4, and if any widow have children or nephews, hello, not just children, nephews, you could be the nephew or the niece of someone. He said, let them learn first to show piety at home, to requite their parents, for that is good and acceptable before God. For she that is a widow indeed, desolate, trusted in God, and continuing in supplications and prayers night and day. But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. And these things give in charge that they may be blameless. If any provide not for his own, and, and especially for those of his own house, he had denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Your extended family is also important. You know, these things, are, you find them as already well entrenched in African culture and in Asia and some of those places. In America, sometimes you find that that doesn't happen. When was the last time you spoke with your, with your brother? Mm, Ten years ago. When was the last time you called your mom? I don't have a number. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long in the land. Hallelujah. The scriptures tell us something. Through knowledge shall the just be delivered. Knowledge of what? The word of God. You see, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Knowledge of what? The word of God. The ways of God. The ways of the king. Or the ways of kings. We need to learn these things. Hallelujah. Number 12 is communication. I'll end with that. Communication is vital in any relationship. Especially in the marriage relationship. It's a vital element of companionship. Communication isn't about you throwing words at someone or saying something to someone. It's about you communicating meaning and understanding. Meaning, what signal I sent to you, when you send it back to me, it must be a response, a positive, what I mean is, not, it must be a response in the light of what I said, for it to be that I actually communicated to you. Sometimes you need to ask questions like, did you, what did you think I said? Have you never sent somebody a text message and they came back ballistic? They did not know what you were saying. And you're the one who knows it. And today, things are even more dangerous today. Why? There's a little thing on the smartphones called autocorrect. When it corrects you, you're in trouble. And it has a way of just putting it the last minute just before it goes. You wanted to write, I love you, and it puts there, I hate you. I really hate you. So, it's not communication where you're always talking and the person does not, you don't know the person doesn't know what you're talking about. 
And when you, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you can say, oh, I love you to someone. And he blesses them. Some people, their love language is something else. That you spend time with them. You need to understand the person that you're in a relationship with, that you're married to. Bearing in mind also that the wife should adapt herself to her husband because that is God's way. Amen? Stay in communication with each other. Close communication. Before you get married, you might have distance between you. But marriage was not designed as a long-distance relationship. I'll say it again. Marriage was not designed for a husband to be in Germany while his wife is here. I know there are people who go on top duty overseas and their wives are here. What usually happens is that they will create a community to help one another. And that is why soldiers' wives live in certain communities. Do you get what I'm saying? So all of them have this fellowship with one another. In the house of God, we have the fellowship of the brethren. But don't marry with the intention of living far away from your spouse. That is not a good idea especially for a prolonged period of time. And you're not talking all the time. Hallelujah. It is necessary to do that. Pray for each other. Pray with each other. Avoid improper communication, especially subtle insults, and inconvenient jokes and jesting. You know, there are people, they like to, you know, say through this subtle insults. You see, let me say something to you. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you know what the principle of advertising is? They say it to you long enough, you get up from your chair, you go to the store, you buy it even though it was not a good idea at the beginning. If you keep hearing it, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. As you're sitting down there. Now remember, when you were saying those subtle things you were saying in secret, you never thought about so many things. Then you went, you, you now get to the office, you man, and then you, you see maybe somebody in your office that looks so nice, you know, you know, and you have a lot of lonely people in very large offices. You have lonely people hanging around. And then a voice comes to you, but you have a wife at home. And she's, then they, these words you spoke that she's not good looking will come up. And the enemy says, look at her. She's good looking. You have nothing to fight with. This is why you need to honor your wife. Respect your wife. Honor your husband, respect him, so that when you go outside, you have, you have given that person a pedestal in your life that your whole system agrees with. So when you get out there, it will be a defense around you because you're not going to be doing some things. So I cannot do that. 
And you, uh, another thing that somebody needs to avoid is unnecessary familiarity and flirting with people of opposite sex. You're flirting with them. You know, sometimes, you know, flirting, sometimes people don't understand it because it's subtle. And when you ask the person, they'll say they're not doing anything. Are you suspecting me or something? You know, the people hate it when they, when they are confronted with suspicion. So why, you, why is it that you don't trust me? Whatsoever do it make manifest is light. You see, light has its own. They were chatting with someone, secret chat. They were, they were there chatting. No, 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 it's just, it's just a colleague. We're just talking. Is it, is it this text that you're, that you're bothered about? It's nothing. They delete it. Now, <laughs> Christians are not supposed to act like that. Because God knows what you're doing. Be godly in your conduct. Be pure in your conduct. Don't leave anything that will make it look as if there's more to it than, than the same conversation you have in the open is the same conversation you have in secret. If you find yourself saying something that is suggestive, correct it. Correct it. When you recover yourself, correct it. 